Welcome to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Melissa, thank you for coming on Megan's Bookish Life podcast. Thank you for having me. So I have to start out with your steamy lit boxes. I'm going to just dive right into this. I've seen them all on social media. You (laughs) are an icon for starting this, obsessed. In your About Me section, I think uh, on your website, I believe I saw this, you wrote that you started this subscription box company because you noticed a lack of representation in romance books in the book industry. So I know that you started this box like 2021. It's only been two years. But I want to know, in your opinion, have you seen a change with this in the book world? Like, have you seen more open conversations? Like, what is your opinion after starting this box? Definitely. I think um, two parts, right? I think like when you are not, I guess, deep in the book world, like maybe you don't realize what's already out there um, per se. Um I do think that as a whole, we are moving to a more inclusive, more diverse um, world space. But I think we we have strides to make. We have ways to go. And I do think that things have changed in the two years that I've been in business. Um, and again, right, like I said what I said at first, because I don't know if I think it's changed because now I'm so deep in it. And how would I feel right now two years ago I guess like as a person who was kind of just like one foot in one foot out and I guess like where I want to see the changes for like a normal reader right like not just us who are in the book community who have bookstagrams book talks who are like deep in there but like for the reader I was 10 years ago that I would like casually walk into Barnes and Noble and pick up whatever was like hot and heavy there right and so like where are our marketing dollars going to as far as, I guess I should rephrase what I said two years ago to say, it might not have been that the representation wasn't there, it wasn't the marketing was not there, and it's still not there, right? Like, yeah, sure, publishing is making strides and making changes, but like a lot of the changes coming from readers, a lot of the changes coming from people in the book community who are like, okay, we're sick of this, like we want to see people being represented right and so um it's like yes and there are still things we need to work on and then as far as just like sexuality and embracing pleasure and self-love and things of that nature I think there's still a lot of stigma right like I mean you still see it a lot within our own like romance book community um when people talk about different kinks when people talk about just like different tropes that like highlight different things um so i think we still have a lot of unpacking to do there i mean even with just like the conversations surrounding um like cartoon covers versus ab covers right or like discrete covers i could argue or i'm sure anyone can argue like i don't necessarily want to read a book that has a the chest of a man at work because i don't want people to ask me about it right totally i get that um but i think that that also like opens up a whole other conversation of like our world <laughs> and what has been i guess taught of what we should be ashamed of right so anyway i think work has been done i think more work can be done 
I want to stick with the sexuality thing because I do have a story real quick. Um, I work in a senior living facility, like a community, and this resident, he's older, memory issues. I told him I write nonfiction books. He told everyone in the community I write dirty books. And so what happened was I told him back, I said, I don't write them, I read them. I feel like a lot of it, the sexuality and the romance book is kept on the down low. I'm not ashamed, but many people are. I think the stigma comes from different outlets, but it's still there. Yeah, 100%, right? And I think a lot of it has to do with just the way that you grew up, um, your culture, you know, like in my household, we never talked about sex. We never talked about pleasure. We never, I mean, I think we barely talked about romance, right? Just like you just accept that two people are together and somehow they make babies and we call it a day, right? I definitely wish I would have had those conversations just about like pleasure and what that is and that we don't necessarily need to receive it from a man we can or a woman or a partner. We can receive it from my bedside table, right? Like, and I mean, it has been really interesting because like I've had to have those conversations with my mom now, right? Where like, hey, by the way, I have this business um, and I sell vibrators. And so that was like, oh, wait, what? But overall, I don't know if you've seen that TikTok trend where you, you like you have the little uh, cars, like the little cars guy that's like cheering on somebody. And like that reminded me of my mom, right? Like at first she was like, what? And then she was like, okay, like we're selling vibrators. We're doing this, right? But, you know, it's taken me 30 years to have that conversation with my mom about pleasure and orgasms. And I think if I would have had it when I was 15, maybe I would have a lot less partners. <laughs> With your steamy lip boxes too, are are the vibes popular? Like I want to know selling wise. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I think we have a good amount of people who choose the vibe and a good amount of people who don't. And I wanted to always make the options because like obviously I'm in the business and I now have like a massive collection, but like you don't need one, right? Like you like what you like. Like you might want to try different things from time to time, but like you don't necessarily need it. So but we do have like fan favorites, like the Rose, the Pro 2 Satisfier, like those are um, fan faves where people are like, you need to get them back in stock. So that's been fun. And just overall, like I don't do a lot of this anymore, but I need to get back to it because we used to put a lot of like question boxes and just asking like people about like their sexual experiences or orgasms or pleasure. And people were very vulnerable in, in those question boxes and really shared a lot of their experiences. And because I think that we all should should be and should not like be ashamed of having these conversations about pleasure and sex and orgasms and all of it. I remember I was walking down a hill with my friend beginning of college. Wow, what a long time ago. And she was like, do you like these vibrators? And I was like, ma'am, it's the sunset. We're walking down the hill. What is what is this happening right now? But she she was the first person that like asked me. First, I was shocked. But then I was like, you know what? This is something that... I didn't grow up learning about that kind of stuff either. And so we had like a sex education talk every every birthday my mom gave me, but she didn't give me like the stuff, if you know what right. I mean. And so I remember my friend was like, you should, you should use whatever you want to use. It's funny because like you said, if you don't grow up, if you have a different stigma, like. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I am now the friend that's like known to like, bring the vibrators which like I love for me um <laughs> but yeah definitely right like I think it's important to have especially like within your own friend groups um like where else should you have these conversations right and I think part of starting the steam box was that like I 
was reading books they were making me feel horny and I was like are we not gonna talk about this like nobody wants to masturbate I think there's a thing here like let's get it together you know and um I mean it's done really well so far and I hope that it continues to thrive and that overall just people learn to destigmatize these conversations I think for me it's really important for people to be able to express themselves however they're comfortable and however whatever feels right to them right so like no you don't have to go on a podcast like I am talking about sex and orgasms right but like whatever that looks like for you I want you to get there in a healthy way oh that's a good one a healthy way so let's actually get into your steamy lit con your first ever book convention so I don't live in California but I'm obsessed with this so part of your description is the goal is to celebrate the romance genre and to amplify the identities in which have been historically underrepresented what made you want to put this event on like tell me all your thoughts like give me why yeah um so this actually was a thought from the very beginning of starting steamy lit and the steam box i knew i wanted to do a book convention that kind of centered our mission with Stimulate and the Steambox. Um, but I had to do homework first. Um, my co-organizer, Cookie, was like one of the first people who I talked to about this, who was like, no, let's do it. Like, let's figure it out. But we had to attend some book conventions and she had more experience than me in like the book convention space. So I just needed to kind of get my feet wet and see what was out there. And I, I mean, again, right, it was like prioritizing authors that have been historically underrepresented, like in publishing, but in our bookshelves and in marketing and like, and all and all the things that are important. And how do we amplify their work? And how do we make sure that um, that that happens? And so putting Steamy LitCon for me was that like walking into a space where like, I can't count in one hand how many people look like me, right? Like, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem and as a reader it sucks you know and so I wanted to make a space for us by us and that's exactly what steamy litcon is achieving you know like over 50% of our attending authors identify as BIPOC or as part of a marginalized identity you know there are a lot of nuances that go into like how we picked authors and we had a lot of questions about that like every time we put like a question box about like what authors should we invite it's always like a bunch of white authors and I'm like y'all <laughs> come on <laughs> like it literally says celebrating diversity and uh, romance <laughs> you know but again right it's one of those things where like we are using Stimulicon to introduce you to your next favorite author that unfortunately because of just publishing and um how white spaces are have just not been in the forefront and we are making them the forefront i mean it's going great we have a great lineup um it was a little overwhelming at first and it still is but now we have like an event team that you know has taken over most of the like hands-on planning um so a lot of it at the beginning was just a lot but I, I mean I think it's going to be great and um, we are hoping that we'll be able to do it in Anaheim for the next three years. When you look at the list of authors you see traditional publishers and you see indie authors that is something very close to my heart so when I see that I'm like this is this is the time this is the time now and I'm glad you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah I think um, you know hopefully as we grow we can invite more authors and 
we can prioritize more things and we can lower the cost. You know, planning is something I wanted to be very intentional about was being very transparent about like the cost of everything. And I think, again, right, money taboo is not a topic you discuss, but like I thought it was very important because like, you know, often we see like a price point on something without understanding like where it's coming from. No, like, let me share with you what we're needing to do to make this happen because it's just not that easy. And it's just like, we just don't have the capital up front. So um, I think something that was like amazing and just goosebump inducing was like the amount of money we were able to raise for this to happen, um, the amount of support that we received. I mean, uh, like all of the authors who not only were accepted to attend but like who applied period like we had over 300 submissions of authors and they were all basically saying like i trust your mission i trust what you're doing like this is something that's needed here is my table fee right with them knowing like if we don't raise the money you will get refunded but like we need a commitment and people were like absolutely let's do it and like i think that that's what i love so much about our community amazing like we raised $185,000 for an event to happen that people want and need and see that that a space is needed for right I mean I don't know obviously I'm biased but like the book community is just amazing why am I getting emotional I can't look at you <laughs> in the eye right now that makes you feel as a person that you're doing something good for the world and I think it's I think it's amazing thank you but for the convention, you will be doing author signings, uh, mm -hmm. panels and speakers, fun parties. There's a lot to choose from, but I want to know, what are you excited about? Well, I'm probably most excited about the parties because I am the person who loves to host at her house. So I think like, I mean, now like the hard part has been taken over again by like an event place, which is like being able to plan that. <laughs> like that brings me a lot of joy. And we're hoping to do something different where like, yeah, we want to have a closeout party on one day, but we're hoping that we can do some kind of movie screening for something coming out and do like a big slumber party type thing. I think that that would be a lot of fun and kind of align with like the rom-con feel. I think just like being around all of the readers, the authors, like the vendors, um, I think like you just leave so energized sometimes, like especially if you have a bookish business or just like in the space sometimes it can be draining right but then when you like go to these events like the people really like refill your cup and I love that it gets you very inspired when you leave uh something that you yeah. really enjoy yeah agreed I've been there last question for you okay so you are on the website for the today show congrats amazing yeah the article ended with a quote that I'm going to read because i obsessed with it we all deserve a happily ever after every single one of us it is so important for us to be able to be seen and see other people who have those happily ever afters so i keep reading it and i'm like that's the quote that sticks out what is your favorite happily ever after it could be from a book a fairy tale real life i want to know what you love um okay my happily ever after is anything involving a second chance romance like really and not fully like a second chance romance in that like you dated and then like you broke up and you go back together. But in like that, it wasn't the time and place for you back then. Like there were clearly feelings for each other. And now it's 10 years later and like the universe has brought you back together. That's my catnip. Like that is my happily ever after forever. Um, I love it. 
Well, I feel like friends to lovers is mine. Everyone loves a good enemies to lovers. And I'm like, sometimes I just want, like, people to be friendly and then get in love. Yeah. 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 Or, like, if it's, like, an enemies to lovers, I can't do bully romances. Because, like, I'm, like, girl, run. Like, there's nothing about this that you should romanticize. Um, But whatever. Everyone likes what they like. You know, it, it is what it is. But I can do an enemy that was, like, not really an enemy. It was, like, they had, like, a competition at work nothing too intense and then like they end up in an elevator because like they had to work on a project together or they're both gonna lose their job wait that sounds like a book that's the, that's the hating game oh have, there you have go you, have you read that for the movie <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it um but you know like nothing too intense also like an age gap forbidden also a great happy ending someone's dad i eat that shit up like I love when someone eat, dates someone's dad. Unfortunately, none of my exes have a good looking dad, so I can't live out that dream, but I hope somebody listening to this is. You're getting me into it. Stop talking me into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also staring at charming your dad that's like right in front of me. Okay, so I'm yeah. looking that up when this ends. Amazing. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard it's great. And it's like right there staring at me. Like, please, <laughs> please read me. Melissa, Mel, thank you for coming on Megan's Bookish Life. You are a delight. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Don't forget to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Megan's Bookish Life Podcast.